listening to the Shatter Order Podcast. If you're looking for Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes news, information, and theory crafting, you've found the podcast you're looking for. Hey, we don't serve their kind here. With your hosts, Goodnight Punk. He doesn't like you. And Wind Killer Inc. I don't like you either. Just watch yourself. We want it been. I have the descendants on 12 systems. I'll be careful. You'll be dead. This week, our friend Giggles joins us fresh off his trip to Star Wars Celebration, and we talk about the two new Empire tunes on what could be the eaves of the new faction pass. Everybody and welcome to the forty-second episode of the Shattered Order podcast. I'm your host, Goodnight Punk, and things are a little different this week because with me, as always, is my good friend Wink. But there's also someone else here with us. But first off, what's up, Wink? Oh, not a lot. I am sitting here stressing out about the Thunder game. I know when people listen to this, they're going to know what happened, but ah. So, yeah. The, the Suns already played their game, so I'm good. Nice. Yeah, lucky you. Well, <laughs> this should be quite the uh, humorous episode. Don't try to giggle too much in this episode, but we have a third person. <laughs> I see what giggle you did at there. your terrible pun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks for that. We need to go back and re-record this. I don't, I don't accept that. Oh, no. <laughs> there are no redos. On the Shattered Order podcast. Definitely not. What's up with you, Giggles? Uh, not much. As, as you guys uh, mentioned, I just got back from Star Wars Celebration. Um, you know, for, for an unemployed guy like me who has no need to leave the house ever, it was a lot of walking. I'll tell you, that, <laughs> that was like the worst part about it. But I saw amazing stuff. I'm sure we'll go into it later. And uh, yeah, I talked to the CG guys too. So that was cool. Nice. Very cool. So they actually do exist. But the question really becomes, did you see Cozy Spoon and Jesse in the same place? Uh, <laughs> as far as I believe, they are still the same person. Um, <laughs> and, you know, none of them were wearing uh, name tags that I could see. So uh, there are at least three people who work at CG, but I don't know what their names are. One of them introduced <laughs> themselves as Jesse, but who knows, right? Yeah, for sure. Mystery. <laughs> well, I got some essential con questions for you here, and I'm sure that you'll have some answers for them. So the first one is, have you ever been around that much body odor in one place in your life? Yeah, so... Um, you know, I when I did work, I used to work in IT. Um, so I, I'm sure I have, but um, I mean, man, like Orlando, uh, you know, it was it was a nice 
kind of spring day with uh, a lot of sun. There are a lot of people in very elaborate and heavy costumes, sweating profusely. Um, so it, it was pretty rough. But um, if you have never been to the Orlando um, Conference Center, it is gigantic. Uh, they, they have separate buildings. They have multiple buildings. And um, it it is very large inside. So um, that mitigated the smell issue somewhat. Um, <laughs> But yeah, if, if you got too close to someone, uh, you might be in trouble. I would say I work in a factory wearing a clean room suit, and uh, sometimes you walk out of that, walk out of the clean room with everyone else that's taken off their uh, suits, and holy smokes, <laughs> I can't imagine a whole room of that. But <laughs> second question for you: Did you get the con crud? Uh, I did not. Um, now a weird thing happened, and and so you know I, I'm I'm no biologist. I don't pretend to be one. But you know, again, when you're walking like three miles, you know, or you know one and a half miles to and from the con, so three miles just outside of the con, and then you're walking around inside of the con for an entire day, uh, you know, that's a lot more activity than I'm used to. And so when I got back to Seattle after uh, the con, I was my body was all confused. And it was like, wait, you're not going to do this anymore? What's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, so my body was like, yeah, let's let's keep walking every day. And my brain was like, no, I'm, I'm not down for that. I'm just going to sit in one place and veg out. I've um, done my walking for the year. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't get the con crud, but like, I, I feel really weird now. And Fitbit <laughs> is super confused right now. Oh, I'll like, bet. You walked more in one day than you did the entirety of last year. It's all like <laughs> catching fire on your hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you fit all your free stuff in the suitcase? Uh, okay, so um, here I have to explain the rest of my trip, right? So I was down in Orlando for uh, an entire week. Uh, and so I went down there the Sunday before uh, Star Wars Celebration and or sorry, I went down there the Saturday before Star Wars Celebration, and I had uh, classes uh, from Sunday all the way through Friday. Um, so as part of the classes, they give you these big, heavy books. And so I, I had budgeted my luggage to contain these big, heavy books. And as such, I didn't really have a lot of space for con stuff, but it was okay because I think I got like a t-shirt. I got a few like, you know, gizmos um, and and that's pretty much it. So uh, yeah, I, I did fit all the free stuff that I got in my suitcase, but then again, I didn't look for a lot of free stuff. And also, <laughs> um, you know, I didn't get as much as you might normally expect. Gotcha. Well, Better planning than me, for sure. You know, maybe it's because uh, I'm I'm getting old, or at least I feel like I'm getting old. Because like, and and this kind of plays into I'm sure what you're going to ask me uh, soon here. But I only went for one day, and I felt that one day was good enough. And and this is kind of like a theme, right? Because I live in Seattle. This is where we have PAX Prime, which is the Penny Arcade Expo. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like going for one day of that is sufficient too. Um, so I don't know if I'm just bad at doing cons or something, but one day is sufficient, is sufficient for me. And I only went Saturday. Gotcha. Mm. 
And Saturday was, which panels? Did you end up going to any of them? Uh, yes, I did. So I went to the Battlefront panel, and that was amazing. Um, I haven't really played uh, the previous Battlefront, or the current Battlefront, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, you know, the panel worked. It, it was marketing this game, and I watched it, and I was like, hey, I want to play that game. So clearly they did something right. Um, but uh, it, it looked pretty cool. Uh, if if for some reason you haven't been on YouTube and seen the trailer and stuff like that, they're doing a lot of cool things, um, including there's a single-player campaign, which is focused on the Imperial side of things, which is pretty cool, because I think the last game I can remember, which was centered solely around playing as the Imperials, was like TIE Fighter or something back in, what, ninety. 394 something like that um, a long time ago yeah so that was pretty cool uh, another question a lot of people ask me again i haven't played the current battlefront so i don't know what this means but they asked me if there are cards there there are no cards i don't know what the concept of card is but it doesn't exist they're like classes or something yeah it's like you had to use cards to use certain guns and certain things and you could only use a certain amount and once you ran out you had to have other cards it was it was confusing and obnoxious. They do the same thing in Halo 5, actually. It's it's like a mini pack that you buy. And the more packs you buy, the more cards you have, and you can use them. It's so That sounds I don't familiar. Believe, no. Yeah, I, I don't believe that there are cards. Um, I think they actually explicitly address that. Um, they didn't really talk too much about... Um, what kind of progression gating there would be in multiplayer because it was, I mean, the panel was there to generate hype. It wasn't there to yeah. talk about the mechanics of the game, but yeah, really a I, gameplay one. Yeah. I, I, I'm assuming there's going to be some sort of multiplayer um, equipment or progression gating um, similar to like, I mean, all first person shooters nowadays do some sort of crate concepts. So mm-hmm. there's probably going to be some sort of crate concept, especially since there are uh, different classes that you can choose. Um, so that was pretty cool. They also said that there's going to be uh, vehicle stuff. And as far as I understand it, uh, again, they didn't go through this explicitly, but it almost seems like the different uh, development studios that are involved in this game are doing the different segments of the game. So um, there's obviously EA DICE. Uh, there's uh, another dev studio called Motive. Um, and then there's a third one whose name escapes me. But it almost seems like each one of them took a portion and, you know, Dice said, okay, we'll do the multiplayer. And then Motive said, you know, we'll do the ships or we'll do the single player. And then third said, yeah, we'll do the last one. Um, so I'll be interested to see how this pans out because if it really is three different development studios working on three different segments of the game and then pulling it together, um, that could be really good or it could be really wonky. Yeah. I, th- I lean towards the good side in the way that development time is three times faster. And like just the idea, I haven't, I've only seen a minute long trailer and I don't know if they had anything longer than that, but from what I've seen, it looks really awesome. And my one complaint from battlefield or battlefront which I have, is that it was all multiplayer. And I had assumed when I bought it, there was a first, a story mode, you know? And so the idea that they have a story mode in this one, and that it's made by 
a different company than perhaps the multiplayer is that maybe we'll get something valuable out of that and not just something short, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, they did show footage that was not streamed. Um, I'm sure if you search on YouTube, you can probably find it, but basically it was just, um, it wasn't so much gameplay, uh, footage or trailer footage. It was more footage about the development process and kind of the, uh, mentality and design themes that they were that they were doing uh, throughout gotcha. the show. And from what I heard, and maybe you mentioned this or didn't, but the story mode is going to be canon, right? Uh, as far as I understand, yes. There is also a book that's coming out um, called, I think it's actually just called Battlefront, and then uh, the name of the uh, squadron, which I think is Inferno Squadron. Um, and so that book kind of talks about what Inferno Squadron does prior to the events of Battlefront 2. Uh, so I think Battlefront 2 is set on the forest moon of Endor um, right as the Death Star 2 blows up. So um, that's the Makes setting. sense. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I'm interested. Do they, you know, about a time frame for that? I can't remember. They they did announce a release date. Um, I forgot what it was, but um, I'm sure that y- you can probably find some sort of reference on uh, EA's website since it was publicly announced. Uh, gotcha. That was part of the stream. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, yeah. Look the only other panel it. I tried to make it to that day was the Rebels uh, season four. Uh, announcement, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to the conference center, uh, I want to say maybe 8 a.m. Um, and by the time I was let in, uh, the wristbands that they used to let you into those panels, they had been exhausted for the main panel. Uh, <laughs> they did have a side room, but the side room was pretty much just streaming. And I figured you know, whether I'm in the side room or I'm sitting in my hotel room watching YouTube, it's, it's going to be the same. So, <laughs> right. um, you know, I was denied my, my close up and personal experience with our Lord and savior, Dave Filoni. So, you know, <laughs> it, it just wouldn't be the same. So I passed right. on that. Right. Right. Yeah. So then I guess you went over to the CGEA booth instead. Uh, I did. Um, the so, as as we were mentioning earlier, uh, there were a number of uh, CGEA people there. Uh, Jesse was there. Um, I did talk to him a little bit. I I asked him some pretty pointed questions about things about the game uh, that I found um, perhaps strange. Um, I won't go into them a lot because I, I don't necessarily think it's it's. Uh, new information it's not new information and also some of the questions i asked him were very pointed about several aspects of not just the game but the actual application that were faulty i think and so i I don't think it's necessarily in in great taste or pertinence to go over them here but i did go over things with him that i thought were working great because i think um it's always good to hear something like that and uh you know similarly i told him uh, there was a stretch of time when when CG didn't really 
have a lot of um, forum posts or developer news or developer updates or anything. Mm-hmm. And that that was kind of a dark time. I feel like a lot of people quit. At least that's what it sounded like on Reddit. So I told them, hey, you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Um, even the smallest change, we want to know about it because it makes us as players feel like you, CG, are still engaged and, you know, constantly moving forward. Yeah, exactly. No matter what it is. Yeah. Um, I also gave him my uh, ally code. Who knows what he'll do with that? He did (laughs) say he's collecting them, but he doesn't really know. So I'm Uh, eagerly awaiting my 99 Chewy shards or something. Yeah. Of course, he'll leave you with the one one left so you can uh, spend 10 days trying to farm it. Uh, You know, at this point, I think all of us have Chewy, like, you know, seven-starred and... Uh, if you're level 85, you, you know, if you could go above seven stars, like, you know, maybe Eric has him not even unlocked. Maybe he's got like 500 Chewy shards or something. Him and Han Solo. Yeah. The two yeah. buddies <laughs> up there near a thousand Chewy shards. <laughs> so how was, what yeah. was the uh, booth like? What were they showing off there? Uh, okay. So they were, sh- well, they were kind of sharing the, the actual like plot if you will, like the the, um, the the rented plot was was shared by some other mobile games, um, mm-hmm. but um, it was it was basically just like they had tablets there and you could kind of play the game, um, and you could ask them about it if you didn't really know anything about the game. Um, but you know, we did talk about some of the other games that were there at that plot um, that were. I, I think most of them were new. It was it was stuff like that um uh Force Arena. Force Arena. The, MOBA? the yeah, Force Card the, game. Yeah, exactly. It was it was like those three games and you know, we, we kinda talked about it and I was like I, you know, there's one person in our guild, I forgot who it is, but that person plays Galaxy of Heroes and he said he's not even a Star Wars fan. Like he doesn't really know anything about Star Wars. And and I told them that, and um, they were not actually that surprised. Uh, they did say that going into creating this game like a year plus ago, they they were very cognizant of the fact that although Star Wars as a brand is something that brings gamers in. Um, it's very easy to lose them and it's very easy to fold just like any other game that doesn't have as strong of an IP behind it. Um, And he gave the example of, I think it was like Uprising by Kaboom or something like that. Was it Uprising? Yeah, the... uh, Are you talking about the one where they had lanes and you built towers, kind of like a tower defense game? Well, there was that one and then there was this other one where... Um, I think it was like a... Oh, yeah, the uh, MMO-type game. Like an isometric uh, bird's-eye view, and then mm-hmm. you tap around and you have, like, two abilities or something. Yeah, um, I remember that one. Force yeah, Unleashed, and, and I think. Was that what it okay. was? Okay. I, I, I forgot what the name was, but, you know, he mentioned those games, and he said, you know, they didn't really pull in the numbers that were expected, and so... You know, the, <laughs> obviously the implication is that uh, Galaxy of Heroes is doing fine and pulling in the numbers that they expect since he was drawing a comparison. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, two takeaways from that. One, that uh, EA apparently is happy with CG, and two, they're, you know, the whales are really supporting them. Hey, works for us. For sure.
So uh, how about some highlights? What was your favorite thing? Um, okay, so I'm going to make a plug for something that I don't think is even a thing. So uh, get <laughs> ready right. for this. Yeah, get ready to, to take out your pens or whatever. But um, I, I thought by far the most impressive thing there was the art. Um, there was a, a whole section dedicated to um, Star Wars inspired art. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, there was it seems like there's one publishing group that has a bunch of artists who draw for that publishing group and sell through them. And so the name of this publishing group, I believe, is Dark Ink, like I-N-K. Um, and you can probably find them online, but they, they have these wonderful... And, you know, because they're different artists, the styles are completely different. Um, so, it, you know, they have scenes that are both inspired from the movies, uh, but also created... Um, solely in the minds of, you know, whichever artist drew them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely, you know, going back to the question of was I able to fit everything in my luggage? I mean, if I had more space, I would probably have bought some art um, and taken it back with me. So that was one of the huge pluses. I, I think another one was the cosplay. Um, you have no idea how many male overweight slave Leia's were running around. Uh, that just, <laughs> you know, warmed my heart. Um, yes, uh, there were a couple Trekkies who were holding up signs. Um, like, you know, they were dressed in the Star Trek uh, officer's uniform. So that was pretty cool. Um, nice. There was also a, a, an amazing Darth Vader cosplay. Um, he, he had everything going for him. Like, uh, it was a big build, bulky build. Um, he had a, his voice box all set up, um, and uh, there was this like little kid who was cosplaying Kylo Ren, uh, probably like three feet tall or something, and so he's he sort of like timidly approached the Vader, and mm-hmm. the Vader's got this voice box right, so so he like points at at the Kylo Ren and he's like, "Come here," and and so the kid walks over and he's like, "Stand closer," and so the kid like walks over to his his leg and he's like use the force. And so, you know, the, the kid like reaches out his hand and people take pictures. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> it was nice. definitely very cool. Um, yeah, for sure. There was also, uh, some really creative, like, uh, cosplay crosses. Um, so I think I shared in discord, the picture of the tracer rebel pilots and then the, the Kylo, um, I don't know what the name of that guy in in um, in that Blizzard game is, but they 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 were like mixing cosplay themes. No, oh, nice. That was that was kind of um, interesting to say the least. Uh, that kind of reminds me of that. Uh, you ever seen the Disney Princess Boba Fett's? Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, there was a My Little Pony Boba Fett running around. Uh, that oh, was nice. That was very unexpected. Dude or girl? Yeah, couldn't tell. Was wearing a helmet. <laughs> yeah. The brony. I was just wondering. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I would say those two things—the art and the cosplay—were uh, probably the most impressive things. Um, and then, I apparently there was a cosplay contest as well. Uh, I didn't see that, so I imagine that that would be down my alley too, since I I, I saw all these costumes that were incredible, like you know, fidelity and, and, and an incredible amount of work clearly went into them. But yeah, um, yeah I, don't I haven't think, seen that yet. 
I don't think it was it wasn't Star Wars Celebration, but last year at Comic Con there was a guy that had a fully just gigantic working Rancor suit he was rolling around in, and that thing was amazing. I remember seeing all the pictures and the video that were posted of it, and I couldn't imagine just seeing some of these more intricate, you know, costumes these people come up with. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really crazy when you think about it. Like, one of the first costumes that I saw while I was wandering around, you know, going to class, because Star Wars Celebration, I think, started, I want to say Thursday. Yeah, and I think I was it was Thursday in, morning. Yeah, I was still in class um, at the Hyatt across the road, and I guess one of the cosplayers was staying there because I was seeing this uh, snow trooper walk around. And, <laughs> you know, the the the... Uniform was incredible, um, and I was also thinking, damn, that guy's going to get really warm. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, I saw him, like, the first day, and then on, on Saturday I also saw him wandering around. So um, random snow trooper guy, you did really great. So, yeah, <laughs> we, I used to live in San Diego when I was in the Navy, and some of my favorite times to go downtown and drink were during the Comic-Con. Because you'll be sitting in a bar, and you'll look over, and there'll be a stormtrooper just having a beer right next to you, you know? <laughs> or you'll just find, like, a Game of Thrones, someone dressed up as, a, you know, one of the Game of Thrones people or something. It's there was uh, a cross—can I call it a cross-play now? Can, can I do that? It <laughs> hey. was, like, a, a cross-play of Jon Snow and, a, um, a, like, a Darth Vader or something like that. I would say Jon Snow looks like he Kylo. could be on the dark side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he definitely does. He could have played Kylo. There was one thing That's that funny. I've seen on Reddit. I don't know if y'all seen it or not, but it was this uh, little girl dressed up like Jen Erso, and apparently she was walking around handing out Death Star plans to all of the Leias that she's seen. <laughs> thought that That's was awesome. pretty funny. Nice. Well, the last question I have for you, Giggles, would you recommend it to people that haven't gone and if they don't live in the area it's done in? Yeah, I mean, so the... Um, I, I mean, it was definitely a great experience. Um, now, whether I would recommend you go, that's that's kind of contingent on a couple things, right? So uh, one is if you have time. Uh, it is, or I, I believe it was like a four-day event. I only went to one day because that's kind of my tolerance level. Mm-hmm. So it, it depends on what your tolerance level is. And then, as you mentioned, if you don't live in the area, you got to consider your transportation and your hotel costs. And if you're like me and only go for one day, you better have a good reason other than that to go. And so my reason was going to class. Um and I think the last thing is also, you know, um, what like what do you hope to get out of it, right? So, like, I know a bunch of people, as bad as this sounds, like to go to cons and get exclusive stuff so that they can flip it and they can mm-hmm. sell it. And, you know, it sounds bad, but at the same time, given what I just said, if you're only going for a limited number of days, you're traveling from out of town, you got to pay for a hotel, stuff like that. It could be a way to cover your costs. I don't know. Um, Yeah, for sure. I haven't looked at eBay to figure out how much those uh, movie posters are going for. 
Right, exactly. Or if you're just going to experience stuff and not buy anything, I mean, it, it kind of depends. I mean, the sarcastic part of me says, hey, I don't even have a job and I found a way to do it. What's your excuse, Dan? <laughs> That's a good question. I can't sell one of my kids to go. That's my well, excuse. Well, I mean... Well, I mean, legally. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sell the one that didn't want to eat his bacon. Oh, man. <laughs> Who doesn't like bacon? Come on. Good old Trenton. Well, cool, man. It's nice to hear all that stuff. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Definitely covers the the This Week in Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes because there's nothing there. No new updates this week. So Yeah, uh, I mean, they were too busy. The three people who work at CG were too busy at uh, Star at the Wars con Convention. Yeah. Traveling. That's understandable. <laughs> sort of. So what? I wrote here, still waiting on the Empire tunes. Don't know if that wasn't guaranteed to be an April thing, but I still think that they're trying to do these things month by month, and there really hasn't been much put out besides the two new characters so far this month. So I'm assuming my guess would be we're probably going to see that next week, but we shall see. So we got one full week of an April left, and... Waiting on an Empire Faction Pass, so we'll see. They did not um, give any, like, Jesse did not commit on any dates uh, for anything, which I I think is the way that they've been going for a while now since the extended uh, delay with the AAT. Tank raid. Yeah, Yeah, I I think that kind of left them sour on on giving dates. But he did say that, uh, so there were the two new characters, um, and then there is the, he didn't say Empire Rework, but I mean, it, it was just as obvious as the post he made on the official forums. Um, and then right. he mentioned this mysterious new game mode, um, which I guess like I haven't talked about, right? So um, he did say that it is, he compared it to ships in this, in the sense that it is as different from the um, current game modes as ships was when it was introduced. And uh, he expounded on that by saying, it is not a new raid, it is not a new event. So uh, my takeaway, the way I interpreted this, was that he was trying to say he's going to add some functionality or CG will add some functionality into the game that does not fit into a currently existing game mode. Um whether this is as large of a difference as ships is, I'm not really sure. Um, he did say that he was shooting for Q3, but it could be Q4. So there's a possibility it could be as large as ships, but um, who knows, right? I didn't get any additional information. I didn't get any... Oh, I did get the information that um, it would likely involve uh, all of your inventory, including your ships, and your characters. So Hmm. um, if you're thinking that perhaps it is like an intra-guild sandbox, uh, you know, Eric gets to fight uh, Dan's team or something like that, I I don't think that's what it is. Uh, I think it's something larger. Intrigued, man. Are we hanging on their word for the new information, because I'm uh, interested. 
Yeah, so keep that in the back of your mind for another two quarters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Come out. We'll see what else goes on between then. Well, they did update the calendar, and we mentioned that last week on the podcast. So, Wink, why don't you tell us what we got coming up? Well, that, uh, oh, hell's his name? Gar Saxon is the uh, otherwise known as my birthday present. That that is true. Your birthday is coming <laughs> up Sunday, and uh, yeah, you'll be getting them for your birthday. Pretty exciting. I know. I'm stoked. I get them for seven stars. Ooh, yeah that that would be nice, wouldn't it? I'm not sure if EA <laughs> I wish. or CG's quite that nice, but eh, you never know. They're not going to sign off on that? All right. Well, yeah. tried. Well, so that event actually starts two and a half hours from right now when we're actually recording this. And then, and it'll run for two straight days. And then we have Omega Battles. Uh, so... Each day is going to have an Omega Battle, so that'll give you a couple Omegas. It looks like the Omega Battle Hoth is going to be the first one on Saturday, and then Jakku on Sunday. You know what I like about the Jakku one? What? On my B account, the only guy I have leveled is my Jawa Engineer, and he pretty much solos the whole thing, and it's just so fun to watch. That's the video you posted on the YouTube channel, right? I, yep. Okay. Just bomb, give himself turn meter, heal. Bomb, give himself turn meter, <laughs> heal. It's ridiculous. It's pretty funny to watch, actually. <laughs> I'm not sure that poor Phasma could have had any more bombs on it than it did. I know, man. you never seen that many. It's crazy. So, yeah, once you get uh, Gar and the Super Commando... The next Elite Combat will be coming out, uh, looks like, April 27th through the 29th. It is the Gauntlet Starfighter, and this is a pretty legit-looking ship, in my opinion. And it looks like Gar and Super Commando will be the two crew for that ship. So looking at the pictures I put here in the ship notes, right? It really makes... I put both of them in here because I was really kind of curious which one, which, you know, alignment is going to be the one in the game, you know? Because it can be horizontal or it can be vertical. So I'm kind of curious. Hmm. And the other thing to that is the... There's an update that they're going to need for this, right? Because it's not in the game yet. Ooh, good so if point. I put on my theory crafting uh, helmet here, I'm kind of curious if when we get that update for these to add these in there, if maybe that's when we'll get the faction pass. Fingers crossed. Let's hope so. Yep. That'd be a good time for it because, you know, then the week after that we'll have May the 4th and I'm sure there will be something coming out for that to some extent. Uh I was thinking oh. double cantina, but we just got that. So maybe they'll give us double mods or something. That'd be exciting. Oh, man. That's really wishful thinking. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It was worth a shot. My I'm assumption sure will be cheap in the crystals. 
Yeah, I'm sure they'll do the 25% off uh, crystals like they did last year. But last year they also did double drop um, rotation of Cantina, Light Side, and Dark Side. So maybe we'll get a rotation as well. Um, I think, if I remember correctly, uh, for May 4th, first we got the uh, discounted crystals. And then everyone on the internet at the same time uh, threw a fit because <laughs> they thought that wasn't a good enough celebration of May the 4th. And then <laughs> the um, double drops came out. So maybe we'll see something like that. Maybe they'll introduce a new character. I don't know. Could be anything, right? Yep. And then I'll drop bombs and say R2 comes. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> that Since would be May. a great time to do it. I mean, I didn't think I didn't think May meant the beginning of May, but you know, it would be a good time. Yep, for sure. So it would be especially if there was a faction pass next week, because then you'd have them all ready for the. Never mind. And I'm just gonna. It keep may be going one of those things here. where, like, if there is going to be an R2 event, they add that into the game on that date or with that update. Yeah, and then give you a couple weeks to get ready for it or something. Exactly. Yep. Because they typically do that with these events. They give you, you know, at least a week or ten days or something to kind of get prepared for it. The other Mm -hmm. exciting thing that is coming up is the Assault Battle Places of Power. Uh, First Order and Sith. It is going to be April 29th and the 30th. Did y'all get to beat this last time? I did. I think I was able to, I think I finally had my Emperor at seven stars at that point and geared up and was ready to go. So I have a a tip for anyone that's trying to beat it. Use Kylo with Zetas. (laughs) By himself. By himself. That's all you need. Uh, That's somewhat tongue in cheek. I disagree with that. Uh, you you need at least two people at the end um, because otherwise Yoda is going to go so fast that he's going to attack you. You have more than fifty percent health, so he's going to get foresight. So challenge uh, Kylo, accepted. Yeah, yeah. Kylo <laughs> on his own is going to be difficult. He can do it because if you do his AOE, he'll get retribution. So you'll be able to counterattack, knock off the foresight, and then attack. But it's going to be really slow. Um, but yeah, this was my favorite. Uh, assault battle, I think, because I agree. if you have Maul, it's just it's so amazingly fun just to snowball and kill everyone with Maul. It's this is the wonderful. one with the Jedi, right? Yeah. Yep. Now I remember it. <laughs> and those Jedi at the top at the end are pretty tough too. Yeah. I also liked the morale mechanic. Uh, I don't know if this is the yeah. sadistic part of me, but yep. just. The feeling of destroying the Jedi commander and then everyone loses their stats because they're just broken inside, that just felt so good. And See, I can't explain it. Okay, wouldn't that be an interesting mechanic for the game in general? Like, if you kill the leader, then they all lose that leader ability. Like, it, it would create some sort of, you know, uh, what's the word? I guess just more strategy and taking people out. Parody, I think, is the word you're looking for. Not the word I was looking for, but 
you know, <laughs> I think it'll work. <laughs> we'll go with well, it. Well, yeah, I mean, it would add another layer, right? Because in Arena, and this might be going off topic significantly, but, like, in Squad Arena right now, um, you go for the high-priority targets, which are usually defined by uh, utility. So in the case of, you know, Rex or something, maybe you don't want him doing his tenacity up all the time. Mm-hmm. Or uh, maybe it's they're a high threat because they put out so much damage, like Sith Assassin. Or maybe they're just an annoying auto-taunter, like uh, Kenobi or something. If you also added in the aspect of like the leader ability either goes away or gets diminished in some way when the leader dies, that would definitely add another dynamic. Because, you know, in a Maul Zeta lead team, right, Maul is not the scariest guy. Uh, It's usually Darth Nihilus or someone else, Sith Assassin, someone like that, right? But if, like, when you kill Maul, they can no longer stealth or no longer evade or something, yeah, everyone would kill Maul first just to get rid of that evade. And well, that, a good example of that would be Barris, right? Because she'll oh, get yeah. all off those heels, but once you kill her, no one else gets those. So it'd be kind of similar to that in the That's same way. That's a good you point, know? yeah. I think that would be really cool. I would also be really excited about just a second leader to have two leader abilities. It would just exponentially uh, change the way teams work. You remember back on one of the first podcasts we did, and we were theory crafting characters for fun, and I talked about Mon Mothma, one of her specials being add the leader ability of someone in your party to your team for one turn? Yes. That would be pretty cool, I think. Because just going off your uh, two leader abilities, if you were able to you know, strategize who you put into your party based on leaders that you could steal to buff them even more along with their utility. I don't That's know. interesting. Yeah. Going off topic, but... Yeah, yeah that'd be pretty cool. I, I, I think <laughs> I mentioned in Discord uh, maybe earlier this week that I was running a dual lead situation with Maul lead and Nihilus lead, and it was kind of hilarious because I would, kind of mouse, I would come out of stealth and get advantage, and I wouldn't crit because of <laughs> Nihilus' lead. <laughs> Nice. That's pretty funny. Well, uh, that's pretty much it for the events that we're aware of currently. I'm sure there'll be something next week, maybe. However, there was a lot of stuff that came from Reddit this week, right? Or no, maybe not. Sorry. Hey, I'm still here. I was doing my dev impression. Oh, well, that was a pretty good impression. (laughs) I like it. Yeah, yeah, you know. Nothing happened on Reddit this week because something, something's going on. I don't know. Or maybe they just don't like us anymore on Reddit. But no dev posts on Reddit, man. Nothing. Kind of surprising. We had a good run there where there was just 20, 30 posts a week. And we're we're just sitting at zero now for like... You get one or two CG top hat posts past two weeks, and other than that, just uh, quiet. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious, but uh, if you want to kill some time, there's a video of Kylo Zeta versus Savage Zeta on uh, Reddit right now. 
Basically, it's a three-minute video of uh, <laughs> them going at it back and forth in an epic battle. So it kind of tell you if protection recovery or health recovery wins out in that battle. And I won't spoil it. That was pretty Is entertaining. It as good as the Chewy versus Chewy or Mall versus Mall videos. I think the Chewy Chewy goes longer than this one. So I still think that Chewy Chewy is champ, but this one was pretty good. This one's at least nice because nice. it's two different characters that can exchange <laughs> for that long versus the same character. Mirror mirror images of each other. Yeah, exactly. At well, that point, it's like, who has this extra piece of gear on their Chewie to win? Yeah, pretty much. Like, one <laughs> speed makes the difference. Yeah, yeah exactly. Very exciting. Who put their Omega on their basic to reduce turn meter? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you, you mentioned this to me a while back about mentioning on the podcast, but I didn't mention it because I really didn't think that I could do it justice for what you had worked on so uh kind of want to mention something that you put together on google docs i think right yeah so uh i put together um okay so uh again preface this by saying uh i am unemployed by choice and um that leaves me with a lot of time on my hands and so naturally when you have an abundance of time you overanalyze and overcomplicate everything. So uh, to that point, I made a spreadsheet to track my current priorities. Um, And so what this spreadsheet does is uh, it has, uh, it's a way for me to organize into different tiers of priority, uh, which characters I want to gear, which characters I want to Omega, which ones I want to give Zetas to, things like that. And so, what you can do is you can grab the link that I'm sure will be with this podcast and you can uh, follow the link, uh, choose to make a copy into your own Google Drive, and then you can uh, play with it yourself. But basically, I have five bands of priority and uh, it goes, you know, top, high, medium, low, and then last priority. And within the bands, these are course uh levels of priority. So within top priority, currently I have um, Death Trooper shards, uh, K2SO gearing and Omega, uh, Darth Maul Zeta, and Boba Fett has one more gear piece on gear 11. And so what I did was I indicated the character name, uh, what they need, so shards, gear, Omega, Zeta, Um, I also indicate what game mode it's for because I feel that my personal priorities are number one, arena, number two, raid, number three, ships. Uh, And I have a four and five, but those are kind of arbitrary. So what this does is it helps me kind of uh, identify the band of priority, in this case top, and say, okay, I have one top priority priority gear for Boba in Raid, uh, but I also have Darth Maul Zeta for ships. Um, So depending on which one I hit first, I'll do that, right? And so Mm -hmm. it it kind of gives me the ability to farm up multiple different things at the same time, but keep focused on that top priority. Um, In terms of how often I change my priorities, uh, I probably honestly do change this every day. 
or every other day, but it still kind of helps keep me focused because, for example, um, I had Jedi Consular in my high priority band with all three Omegas for ships, um, and then I decided, you know what, that's probably not as important as getting um, Darth Maul's Ve uh, Zeta or Boba Fett's Omega lead because that will also bump up my ship speed. Um, and mm -hmm. I might actually use that as opposed to like Jedi Consular, who I'll never use, and it will cost <laughs> 15 Omegas, you know. So, um, it, you know, I, I do kind of stay largely focused, but the purpose of the spreadsheet is not to make us an absolute stack rank. It, it's to kind of create bands of importance. Um, so that's the first tab. Uh, the second tab is just a list, and I, I just did this today, but it's just a list of all the characters I have modded. Um, I decided to do this because I had far too many characters modded. I didn't know which characters had the best speed secondaries on their mods, and it was kind of a pain to sort out, even using um, the galaxyofheroes.gg website. So right. I basically just included all of the characters who had mods in my roster. That turned out to be about uh, 40 distinct characters had full sets of mods. Um, and then I de identified all of the characters that I don't use, like Wedge, who still have mods, and I removed them. Um, the only character that still has mods that I don't use is B2 because nobody wants his crappy mods. They're all potency. <laughs> his own special uh, mods. Yeah, they're all potency sets with offense as the main stat. Um, mm -hmm. So, like, who needs that except for him? Anyway, um, <laughs> so, uh, again, uh, with this uh, tab, what I did was I had the character names, I had the game mode, I had a list of sets, so, like, health, offense, critical damage, critical chance, speed, things like that. Um, and then I also included a couple columns for which stats are most important for them. Uh, you've probably seen something like this on Reddit. There was a link to a website that had every single character in the game and, and something very much like this. Um, so you can also refer to that. I, I forgot the link yeah, for Yeah, I think it's crouchingrancor.com. Yeah, yeah, that one. Um, and so... The last thing on this sheet is that there's uh, two calculated fields. And so what the calculated fields do is, is for one of them, you can count how many, say, health sets are being used or potency sets or whatever. And, you know, that will tell you how many sets are being used. Now, obviously, there's a disparity here because critical damage takes four, speed takes four, but critical ch chance only takes two. Um, so you're going to have to use your brain a little bit. But it does kind of tell you um, which sets are being used the most and, by implication, which sets you should be farming the most. So mm -hmm. up until uh, Double Drop Weekend, I was farming speed sets. Um, and then I did this today and I realized uh, now that I'm actually gearing people for, or sorry, modding people for um, AAT, especially less um, typical teams, uh, because I'm getting close to my 7-star GK, uh, I'm noticing that I'm using a lot of potency sets. So I'll probably start farming those after I finish my Death Trooper farm in Cantina. Um, and the last calculated fields uh, basically counts um, what how the the number of priorities that are associated with a specific stat. So in the the free text column of 
the focused stat for each character, um, it, it basically just adds them all up. So for example, Palpatine, I have speed as his main stat and potency as his secondary stat. Um, again, Kylo, I have speed as his main stat and his secondary is crit. Uh, so I can basically use this dropdown and say, okay, how many of my characters are focusing on speed as either their main or secondary? And I have 20 out of 33. Uh, so that will kind of tell me in a different light what I should be looking for as far as primaries and secondaries. Um, if you're wondering why that number is so low, if you're expecting something closer to like 30 out of 33 or something, it's because I'm also including characters who are crew members only, like Jedi Consular, and mm -hmm. I really don't care what I give him. I, right. I may as well give him defense, so. <laughs> give him the crappy ones, at least bump that, up his yeah, power with them. Yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. Um, so yeah, that that's the spreadsheet. I don't know if other people will find it useful, um, but... This is kind of how I keep track of things. Um, I've sort of tested it with uh, Eric, and he's found it useful to varying degrees. Uh, I guess sometimes on some days he gets absolutely destroyed in arena, and he's ready to throw his phone at the wall, and he doesn't <laughs> find the spreadsheet helpful then. But um, otherwise, I, I think it, it may help in long farms, like especially when you're farming something for like a month or something in order to keep you on, on task and not get distracted by the new shiny object like the new Rebel uh, or the new Phoenix Squadron member or something. Makes sense. Yeah, I'm on that. It's, I've been using the favorites tab on the character screen. It's kind of like a crude way to do this, mm -hmm. but uh, in-game. But I'm definitely going to have to make a copy and fill mine out. And basically, yeah, I can just take... You have all the characters in here already, right? So all I got to do is adjust the the uh, priority for my own... Yeah, my own, uh, exactly. So the last tab is called Refs. It's the Reference tab. And so it has a list of all the characters in the game. And it has a list of uh, the priorities, the game mode. So that's Arena, Raid, Ships, Event, and Interest. Uh, it has some tags. I didn't include all the tags. I just include included some choice tags um that would be like bounty hunter clone trooper etc mm -hmm. um it has the need which is gear omega shards and zeta and then it has a list of the mod sets and so the idea behind the references tab is that it's a lookup so you never really have to edit it unless you don't like something that i've done so for example maybe for you arena is not the top priority maybe raid is the top priority or for some bizarre reason galactic war is the top priority you can go into the references tab and you can change that um and then the changes will be reflected accordingly on the general tab. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's totally uh, plug and play. You just need to go in and, and fill it out for your purposes. Um, I'm pretty sure that like 90% of the people who use this, if not more, will not see K2SO as a viable raid tune. So, <laughs> you know, that's, that's why it's very individual. Um, and it's right. also color-coded for the people who like to see pretty colors like me. Um, I'm so, always like that. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> if you're staring at a gray spreadsheet the whole time, it's kind of boring and you'll lose focus. So, Right, right. <laughs> yep. Well, cool, man. Well, we got uh, some info coming up later at towards the end of the podcast when we're closing out. I'll put out on a pretty easy way to 
get a hold of you and us and how to get these things. So we'll get to that. But we got one more thing we want to go over on this podcast and actually two more things. And that is the two new characters kind of just want to give an overview and share some thoughts on them. So it'd be kind of cool to have you here with us talking about these dudes. The first one we got is is uh, Wink's favorite dude, the Super Commando. Yeah. So I'll go over Gar, my birthday present, and you can go over Commando. All right, let's go over the Imperial Super Commando. <laughs> Twice as good as a regular Commando. Maybe more. <laughs> but what we do know is he is an Empire attacker with counter mechanics who dispels buffs and applies buff immunity. Sounds pretty exciting, don't it? Well, his basic ability is called Seize the Advantage. Deal physical damage to target enemy with a 70% chance to inflict offense down for two turns and attack again if the target had less than 50% turn meter. Uh, so... Just based on that ability, him being kind of slow, his speed's 121, that kind of makes sense because he's going to go after everyone, so most people are probably going to have less than 50% turn meter, at least on that first turn, so he's going to be, you know, double tapping and getting a little extra, you know, getting two shots at putting that offense down. The event character, what was he critting at, like about 6,000? I don't remember. Yeah, that sounds the, about right. I mean, it it wasn't terribly high for an attacker, especially. Uh, yeah, I'm just wondering how a double tap would turn out if it both crit. It's probably around. Well, it says with his mods maybe da- his damage is thirty five to four thousand. So you know, one and a half times that would be right at six. And you know, if you put yep, that makes crit sense, damage then. mods on him and plus a little bit of offense, seven maybe. Yeah, keep in mind that the version that you played as was not maxed out. Like, it wasn't max level, and um, he didn't have max gear level either, and mm-hmm. no mods. So, I would just, if you think about him as a weaker version of Boba, I think that's probably correct. Yeah. Yep. Makes, Makes sense. sense. He gives out offense down instead of uh, dots. Yep. And then uh, his special. He only has one of those. Superior tactic. Superior tactics. This thing only has a two-turn cooldown, which is pretty cool. But it deals physical damage to a target enemy and dispels all buffs on them and inflicts buff immunity for two turns. Now this That's is like obviously a slap in the face with the second part there, right? Uh, yeah. I'm gonna so take all your buffs and then make sure you can't get them back. And what's great about him is like all these tanks that keep retawning so you, like your sith trooper your uh jedi knight anakin royal guard not jedi knight anakin what the hell's wrong with me general kenobi royal guard those type of guys this guy's gonna be really effective two turn cooldown so basically every other turn he can remove that and inflict the buff immunity for two turns so typically when those tanks are slower it's just gonna be that much longer before they can get those buffs back unless they get cleansed, of course. But what's nice is that it dispels first, then inflicts the buff immunity. And dispels are not uh, 
you know, countered by tenacity. So even with tenacity up, you can still put the buff immunity on them with this guy, which is going to be really useful. Makes sense. And then, yeah, this is very much like a B two mechanic, um, especially yes. with such a, a low cooldown. Yep. Um, so like when I saw this ability, that's the first thing I thought of. And yeah, and his his uh, health and protection isn't that bad for an attacker, especially with uh, when compared to B two, because without buff without mods, it's sitting at. Let's see, 46,000. So he's got a little more durability than a lot of the attackers. Yep. Yeah, I I almost think they misclassified him. Like, I I don't really see him as an attacker. More support. I mean, we can probably get into that after we we go through his abilities, right? I'm probably jumping the gun here. Sorry. No, I I agree with you. I kind of look at him more as a support character. Uh, We'll go ahead and cover his last thing, which is his unique ability, which is called Upper Hand. Uh, he gains 65% critical chance and gains plus 15% offense for each enemy with no buffs. So, uh, man, this guy's probably going to be using that basic quite a bit with a 65% crit chance. And we'll be talking about him again when we talk about uh, Gar because Gar actually gives Imperial characters extra counter chance to where this guy could counter 100% of the time. So mm-hmm. that's going to be really useful against these AOE teams. You'll be able to, you know, inflict defense down and... Offense down. Uh, yeah, that's what I meant. Offense down and going to be double tapping a lot, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that double tap added on top with the counter chance, that's that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Especially because... Does that count immediately after they shoot you? So let, let's say he sh- someone shoots the commando. Would they be considered zero uh, turn meter I for would, his counter? I would think so because they've already had their turn. Uh, no, I, I would disagree. So uh, in terms of the mechanics of what happens in a fight, um, it goes uh, you choose your ability and, and you do your attack if it's an attack ability. Any counter happens before the end of your turn. And uh, the reason that I know this is that if you look at TIE Fighter Pilot and he attacks fives, fives will counter, apply speed down, and then TIE Fighter Pilot will gain his foresight at the end of his turn. So your your turn meter is not uh, removed until the end of your turn, right? Until the next person goes... Yeah, it, it kind of depends on when you lose your turn meter, but the counter still happens during your turn. So if you lose all of your turn meter at the start of your turn, uh, then sure, the the attack will, will double tap. But if you lose all of your turn meter at the end of your turn, then the counter is still happening during your turn. You <laughs> get what I'm saying? Yeah, I get you. I'll have to check this out once... Uh... Well... I don't know. I really didn't check. I didn't really notice it during the event, so I have to try it once they're a little more fleshed out. Yeah, now I'm kind of curious about that to know for certain. But that that definitely makes sense. Um, all right, so 121 speed. He has 34% potency. The only thing he really needs 
potency for is obviously the offense down and the buff immunity. And then we talked about his health. He's fairly tanky. Decent tenacity as well, 29%. And he also has a 10% health steal. So he's got a pretty big health pool for somebody that's still in 10%. Um, yeah, that's pretty nice. And especially yeah, he's not, if he's... He's not really dealing a lot of damage, though. So, like, especially yeah. when you think about him as an attacker, like, you know, he's not doing those huge crits to steal a lot with 5%. He's, like, looking at his kit, he really feels like B2 for me, except... He's an empire, so now your squad of like you know Vader lead with Shore Trooper, Palpatine, Tie Fighter pilot, and Imperial Super Commando doesn't look as odd because Imperial Super Commando is an empire to not like B two who is just a droid. Yeah, like yeah. everything about him just just seems like B two. Like he's annoying because he counterattacks. He slows down the fight because he puts offense down. He's tanky. Uh, he puts uh, he removes buffs and then he puts um, you know buff immunity up. So again, that ten percent it, it is a large number. But if he's only critting for like six or seven k, um, that's really not a lot, especially given his large health pool. Yeah, true. Yeah, it will be a significant amount onto his health pool. But I guess we'll kind of have to wait and see exactly how it pans out but uh and see what his damage numbers are actually with mods and everything so um anything else you'll want to cover on this guy he looks good in himself but i think even with gar he's gonna be better he only takes only for two pieces of raid gear uh yeah i saw that that was kind of crazy yeah I don't know what um, function he's going to fulfill in an Empire team. Because if you think about it, um, all of the... I'm just going to say it how it is, right? Like, all of the Empire tunes who are in white are pretty terrible. And all <laughs> of the Empire tunes have to be in some sort of dark clothing in order for them to be good in this game. So he's dressed in white. He's probably not going to be very good. Definitely not <laughs> set up for success. But poor guy. Uh, is there another? Is there anyone else that's an Empire character that removes buffs? Uh, Death Trooper, right? Oh yes, he has the he, AOE. Yes, he yeah. does. His grenade is uh, yeah. Duh. Yeah, and his isn't only one person, so it's kind of. But it, he, he does have a do... really long cooldown, right? It's like four or five or something. And he doesn't do buff immunity, so right. which is a nice thing about this guy is he's doing it. At, you know buff immunity every other turn yeah i mean so here's the weird thing about buff immunity right um you have the character who has the best buff immunity in the game who is empire as well that's palpatine with his shock so i I can kind of see it but at the same time and and you know so i joked about him being dressed in white and and being a little mismatched but you know honestly I don't really see him being a game changer, certainly, um, just on paper, because his abilities just seem 
a little odd, right? So so seize the advantage, right? Uh, you're going to double tap. You're going to put offense down. That's great because I suppose there are some natural opponents of Empire who do ridiculous amounts of damage like Wiggs. Um, but at the same time, uh, Empire is not really... Um, they have some of the tankiest characters in the game, right? Uh, and then buff immunity, you have shock. Um, upper hand with counter, it it really only serves Super Commando himself. So I I sort of see where they're going with the design, but on paper, it, it really... I can't think of a natural spot for him on an Empire squad. Well, his spot is if you're going against a General Kenobi or... You know, maybe Bays that doesn't have Chariot, or you have some other mechanic there where you're trying to get around someone who auto taunts or something along those lines. That's the purpose of this guy, I think, on the team. Yeah, I mean, again, if if the taunt is the issue, you shock them, and then their taunt will expire and it won't come back up. I mean, if you're talking about the situation where you're encountering a, a meta team like Rex lead with Chirrut and, and General Kenobi, you got three cleanses there. Or maybe, you know, General Kenobi lead with Barris and Chirrut, you have three cleanses there. Um, I don't think Super Commando is going to make the difference to really remove those buffs often enough that you can counteract that. You're just going to have to live with it and kill General Kenobi first, I think. That's probably true, but you're not going to shock through tenacity up. And if, you know, Chariot or Rex are giving tenacity up, this guy can bypass that and give the buff immunity. And if they have tenacity up already, then that character's already used their cleanse recently. Or not, I guess not necessarily recently, but they've already used their cleanse. So you may have a couple turns there where it's kind of, you know. And the wild card to the whole situation is that we assume there's a faction pass coming. So with what's coming could add something to this guy. Is so. this where Dan's going to gush about how Veers is going to change the meta? <laughs> when Veers comes out and uh, they update his leader ability and put a Zeta on it, no one will know what's happening once you get this guy on your team. So Okay, who's who's really the leader of the Empire? I mean, is should Veers be leading Vader? Like, should he have a better leader ability than Vader? Um, or if are you're they talking gonna... about canon, he led the ATAT team. Right, so he is a leader. Yes, he is a leader. So, but is like, um, I guess my question is, if they do this faction pass, if that actually comes, are they going to build those characters around a Vader lead, or are they bringing in an entirely new leader? Because I would. I mean, it was Wedge the leader of the rebellion. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I I'm just wishful thinking i don't think at all it's going to happen but i am hoping that they do make him a much better character than he is now and i'm banking on it actually so there's so many cool things they could do with him like that the the problem in my mind is there's so many cool things they could do with fears that wouldn't step on the toes of palpatine or vader or whatever um but could still make him kind of cool you know, maybe not useful, but cool. Like, so Veers is a general, right? What does that mean? It means that he's at 
that the front lines, or at least he's sitting in his ATAT, which is at the front lines, right? So maybe they could like give him some sort of trooper synergy, right? If you have snow trooper or death trooper or storm trooper uh, in your uh, group, then they do something special, right? Uh, or he could, and I've been gushing about this for like an entire year or something, they could give him an ability where he does an AOE attack that removes all protection from all rebels from for like two turns or something. Because that's what he did in the movie. He blew up the shield generator. Um, nice. Yeah, like a protection down. Right. Or debuff. Yeah. Something else we could see is ATAT driver. He's already a character in the game. So if you're going to make Veers a leader, why not bring that guy into the game too? Bring him out with him. Yeah, I mean, that kind of gets into my more exotic idea of, you know, he has an, a secondary that, like, begins on cooldown, like an eight-turn cooldown or something, and when he finally uses it, this ATAT foot just stomps on Wedge's head and just crushes him <laughs> into the ground or something. <laughs> nice. I'd be okay with that. Cool. Well, let's hit Gar Saxon before, uh, before we ramble ourselves into the two-hour mark. The uh, Gar Saxon, I like this guy. I think he looks cool. Well, I think he looks cool ability-wise, but I also think he looks pretty cool in the game, his his model. He looks like he has some wisdom uh, on him. Right? He looks like he needs to tell Boba to stop crying. So before you actually go into the character, I do need to ramble a little bit. So if you look at his character model, something incredibly important has happened, which indicates that CG is listening to us, yep. but doesn't care about us. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I'm talking about? I do. He has his helmet off holding it. Exactly. He has his helmet. So there has been a complaint forever about the clones uh, not having their helmets. And so what CG has done with this character is that they've given him his helmet, but they've decided that he won't be wearing his helmet, which I think <laughs> is such a weird compromise that I think they must be trolling us. Right. They're like, here it is on the character screen, but uh, he's not going to wear it. Okay. You can see it, but you don't get it. They have trolled us before, so it's not out of the realm possibility. (laughs) Thank goodness they didn't on April 1st, though. That could have got real bad. Yeah, that's very true. (laughs) All right. So what does he do? That's the real question here. First ability is called On the Hunt. Basic with an Omega. Basically says, deal physical damage to target enemy with a 70% chance to inflict speed down for two turns. If the target already has speed down, reduce his cooldowns by one. It's a pretty cool mechanic. He's got a pretty high cooldown on his only other ability at five turns. So being able to reduce it by one with his speed down adding speed down on top of that is pretty good. And then if once we get to the leader ability, it'll make that even better, I think. But so there's speed down and uh possible cooldown reduction and a very low damage output for a basic, but we'll see. We'll keep going there. Calculated ambush, five turn cooldown. So this is the high cooldown one. He only has one special, four abilities, But it is calculated ambush, deal physical damage to all enemies, dealing double damage to enemies with less than 50% turn meter. Enemies that had at least 50% turn meter lose 30% turn meter. So you kind of see a theme with these two guys, right? With the 50% turn meter. 
doing extra to them when they're lower. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was interesting with these guys. But double damage, less 50%, and if they're higher, you're taking 30 of it. So they might all be back under 50% at that point. And look at the damage numbers on that one. It's 4,500 to 5,000, and I'm assuming that's before it gets doubled. So the... Uh, Someone playing a didgeridoo? Are we having technical difficulties? <laughs> I'm very slowly lowering my desk. I didn't actually know that you could hear that. <laughs> it really sounds like a didgeridoo. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Okay, so or a vuvuzela. Yeah, if people can't hear that, maybe I'll have to go back and add a didgeridoo into the podcast. <laughs> anyway, uh, what I was saying was. So this thing has the damage of 4,500 to 5,000, and I'm assuming that's before the damage gets doubled for having less than 50% turn meter. So, I mean, this could be a nine to 10,000 damage attack, and that's Can I just throw a fun fact at you? I looked up based on what you were saying. Gar Saxon's raw damage output numbers for his AoE is the third best in the game. Wow. Really? So... Okay. Only ones higher than him are Whirling Blades from Darth Maul and EMP Grenade from Echo. Huh. I'll be damned. And right below that, Reckless Assault. So, seeing those numbers, it's a pretty good sight because that is a high number for an AoE. Yeah. Nice. All right. Yeah, not too shabby. Along with everything else it does, that's not too bad. But then they also gave him a leader, so... You know, he has a leader ability for another chance or a different type of team with Empire, but very similar to, oh, what's his name? I'm a Gundy or I'm a gonna die, the <laughs> Jedi, but Empire <laughs> allies gain 50% counter chance and 40% defense. Whenever an Empire ally uses a basic attack, they recover 5% health. And that is the Zeta. So the Zeta part is basic attacks recover 5% health. But even without the Zeta, 50% counter and 40% defense. So that's where you were saying you get your 100% counter chance for Imperial Super Commando if he's under Gar Saxon. That is correct. Um, And technically, like every now and then he should attack twice because that actually adds up to 115% counter chance. I'm obviously being facetious <laughs> on that part, but he should theoretically counter every time under Gar lead. I, I really wouldn't be surprised if that was a day one bug that they had to change because he would counter more than 100% of the time. Yeah. <laughs> like 15% He's just standing of the time there and he shoots him. Twice. He didn't get attacked, but he just shoots him anyway. <laughs> Anticipating. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. yeah, bugs are fun. But here's the fun part, another fun part here. Viceroy's Vengeance is unique. Whenever another ally attacks during the enemy turn, Gar Saxon has a 100% chance to assist. So if if Love Super Commando's this. getting 100% chance to counter and he's in the team, every single time yep. Gar Saxon's going to assist him. And there is no damage um, reduction on his on his counter. So it's basically two basics on a, every counter. 
And then on top of that, you might get three basics because if they're under 50% turn meter, uh, or if that's how it works, like we were talking about, it could be three. So I think that's pretty sweet. You know what I would be doing with this guy? Do you know what one character in this game I would definitely pair him with, no matter who the leader is? Any guesses? Fives? You're correct. Dooku? Fives. Fives has the counter, and he inflicts speed down. So whenever he counters, he inflicts speed down, and then this guy assists, lowers his cooldown by one. Ah, uh, yes. For that big AoE. Yeah. I think that could... Pretty cool. That could be super interesting. Yeah, and he wouldn't even have to be the leader for that. Yeah. So. That, that's what's great about it. And if... If his AOE actually hits that hard, I mean, modded and everything, like on a critical hit, 15 to 20,000 damage, uh, you know, to uh, enemies that have less than 50% turn meter, that is massive. Yeah, pretty big. Pretty big. So those are his abilities. I think they're pretty awesome. I really am interested to see. If people use him as a leader, I would guess probably not, depending on what we see come out. Because, you know, fears will probably be better than him, but we'll see. Yeah, I think so he's interesting, I have, though. I have a prediction about what this is for. So, Gar Saxon, the Super Commando together, I think this is CG's way of experimenting on uh, killing the speedbender. But I also think it's going to fail. And here's my reasoning. So you have these two characters that counter all the time. Like, they are countering every single attack that you're throwing at them. Uh, High speed means that you're going to hit them a lot, uh, which means they're going to counter a lot, which means uh, unless you have a Barris Zeta on your team, you're going to be taking more damage from the counter than you're dealing out. Because remember, Gar Saxon heals uh, his team whenever they counter. So, in this case, a high speed will actually hurt you. Now, the reason that I think um, this is an experimentation by CG is that I think they don't really know what to, how to slow down the game. And so, they're kind of pairing these things together. Offense down, speed down, counters, to see kind of what the best way is to address the speed meta without just like making a fundamental change, like slashing speed or whatever, right? Um, yeah, that makes sense too because they, they've already said that they don't like to straight up nerf things. They'd rather right. implement yeah. new things to counter what's in the game already. Right. So again, uh, I think that this will fail. And the reason I think this will fail is uh, it is reliant on two things. One, it is reliant on applying debuffs like offense down, like speed down, uh, in order to and you know get rid of that taunt so that you're actually countering the attackers. Um, so, you know that's difficult, especially when the most popular meta team is Rex lead with Chirrut and Baze and GK. That's three cleanses on your team. You're not mm-hmm. sticking anything on that team. Plus, every single one of those or I'm sorry, uh, two of those give tenacity up. So 
yeah, that's not going to work on that team. Uh, the other team that is meta is a Maul team. And guess what Maul does? He puts days on you, which means you can't counter. So the two teams that are meta, this counter team will theoretically lose to on paper. Um, additionally, anyone else with uh, who can apply days will beat this team. So um, I think it it is an attempt, but... I don't think it will succeed, uh, given the abilities that the current speed meta teams have. There are two things that I would not be surprised to see come to this game very soon. One of those is either a leader ability or a unique that gives like 100% accuracy or ignores evasion or something along those lines. And the other is lost into the ether because I can't remember what the hell it was. <laughs> nice. It'll come back to you about five minutes after the podcast. Yeah, probably. I'm working on trying to find it. Keep talking. Well, he's got decent speed, 127. He actually has... What's he listed as? He's a tank. Tank. And he has less health and protection than the attacker Super Commando. So there's that. I gotta interrupt before I lose it again. I think at some point we'll see someone that gives tenacity up from the very beginning of the match, regardless of speed. Either a leader. Kind of like Yoda, Zeta. Or they start with foresight. Just start with tenacity. Yeah, something like that. Gotcha. All right, well, we shall see. Write those down in the uh, predictions book. We'll see if you're right. But as far as the rest of his stats go, speed's pretty good. Like I said, his health for a tank is lower than the attacking super commando, so that's kind of weird. But Very he's weird. got decent decent tenacity, 5% more health steal than the super commando, so he's at 15%. And if you're stealing 15% of that huge aoe that could be pretty good yeah see potency's at 29 percent, so that's about average not on the high side not on the low side so i do you say i do want to know how they come up with their uh tags because this guy definitely seems like more of an attacker and the other guy seems more like a tank or support like i feel like they got the tags absolutely backwards on these two characters yep and then like um Kylo has the placeholder tag. That's pretty weird. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering where that's going. My I don't know why they... is Knight of Ren. Has the, see, that's a going theory, but it's like, why would they put that in there? I think it's this a little, early, yeah. You know, it's. I think it's <laughs> too early for that tag. Like, I think I feel like there's something, something else. Maybe dark side user. I, I don't know. I. I don't know. Edgelord. That's the gray tag. He's going to turn gray in uh, <laughs> The Last Jedi, and then they're going to start adding all the gray Jedis. Nice. The placeholder tag was actually for the location of his scar. Have you guys heard about that? Okay. The, no. the whole Kylo scar thing? It was for what? Oh, no, okay. I so I don't, I don't know what's going on. I guess about. you guys missed that joke then. I'm okay, lost. so I said that the placeholder. Yeah. Yeah, the placeholder you cut out tag it for a second. in the game was 
Okay. So uh, basically the director of uh, episode, uh, what are we on now, eight, basically said that he moved the location of Kylo's scar. Did you hear about this? He did? Yeah. I have not heard about that. Uh, so okay, it's kind of so like, uh, what is it, Robin Hood Men in Tights? Oh, yeah, exactly. Mall. It's like the mole <laughs> in Men in Tights. Uh, yeah, go on Google and have a look at this. But basically, he thought that the previous location of the scar was not, it, it didn't make sense. And so <laughs> he decided to move it. And, and so I was I was referencing that with the placeholder tag to be the location <laughs> of a scar. But yeah. Well, you can, uh, everyone can make fun of us in the uh, comments on Reddit for not getting the joke. It's like you guys that. don't even like know about my, Star Wars. What is this? My internet sucks. <laughs> you were cutting out. I couldn't hear anything you said. I'm going to have to go back and listen to the podcast to figure out what you actually just said. So, hey, I'm, I'm free and clear on that. What's your excuse, <laughs> it's just Dan? Dan? It's just Dan's <laughs> fault. <laughs> my bad. My bad, folks. Oh, jeez. Yep, it'll be interesting to see how this dude is on the event starting in an hour, in 20 minutes, hour, 10 minutes. So Yeah, I'm, I may have that. to stay up for it because I'm kind of excited about this AOE now. Yeah, I kind of want to see. It'll be fun. But we shall see, and then we'll be going into that ship next week and see what that's all about. So we can, uh, we can rely on Dan maxing out Gar Saxon 7-star within a week. Is that what's going on? Well, he's got to wait till after Veers, but yeah, you got it. Well, his got his you. pack isn't going to stay in the store forever. Well, like they usually give you seven days, right? Well, I don't need the pack. I'm getting him the seven stars. So we're good. For your birthday. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah, for my birthday. Everything's good. And Setting up that uh, that Patreon for my uh, Gar Saxon <laughs> birthday present. <laughs> nice. Not a bad idea. Speaking of uh, community-type things like Patreon, no, we're not trying to get you to pay us, but we do have something else coming up. And since we're at the end of the podcast, I want to mention this. We are starting a Discord server for people that like to listen to the podcast, want to hang out and talk and give us tips and ideas for the podcast or ask questions or tell us we're idiots, whatever you want to do within taste. That's cool. But uh, we oh. started a Discord server. I know someone had a comment for me. No. I was some taking a breath. I, I, no, I retract my comment. I was going to go. No, bad <laughs> idea. Go ahead. Were you going to tell me, you tell me I'm an idiot enough? Is that what it is? No, well, you said tasteful. I was going to say, oh, the comments don't have to be tasteful. But then I was like, I will regret that. So I was going to take it back. But now you talked me <laughs> into saying it. Thanks. To yeah, right now. Don't, don't invite that. It's, it's going to be trouble. <laughs> Not for us. You're a, you're going to be a mod, so you can take care of it. <laughs> I I left the channel as soon as you invited me. I can do it again. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, so on Reddit, on our Reddit post, and uh, I'm going to tweet it out on Twitter, there'll be a Discord invite to our new podcast community server. So if you guys are interested in that, come on in and hang out with us. We'd love to have you, and we're going to see who... Uh, how many people we can get in there and just talk about Star Wars like we'd like to do. So look for that on the Reddit post, and uh, there's that. But 
Does anyone else have any closing thoughts they'd like to throw out? I do. Maybe actually. some jokes to throw over our head. I, I absolutely have something, and, and I feel <laughs> like I need to uh, put this into the podcast because uh, this hasn't come up uh, a lot. So you guys haven't done a cherry fact for a while. Oh, my God, we haven't. Oh, good. You brought one? I do have one. Yes. yes. So uh, did you know that Jerry was not aware that in episode eight, the location of Kylo's scar was going to move? <laughs> How did he not know? I don't know. I don't know. News? Maybe on, when he was recording the podcast, his internet went out and he couldn't quite <laughs> hear it. But <laughs> Perfect. Well played. That one didn't go over my head. I got that one. My internet yes, didn't for cut this out for that and, one. For this <laughs> and more Jerry Facts, you can subscribe to our Discord channel. <laughs> Maybe I'll just make a server a uh, a section of the a section of the server for people to submit Jerry Fun Facts. Ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah, that could get uh, quite entertaining. Nice. I like <laughs> it. All right, guys. Well, let's wrap it up. Uh, just under two hours here. So, <laughs> wait. Appreciate you coming on, Giggles. It's been yep, fun as you. always. And uh, Wink, <laughs> you're Wink. So you were I there, am. and you yes. were a thing. Yep, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> nah, thanks, guys. I hope everyone enjoyed, and uh, we'll be back again next week, and hopefully with faction pass information for you, and talk about how great Fears is going to be. Ooh, very exciting. (laughs) All right, catch you guys later. All right, we will veer you next week. (laughs) Later. Later. Thank you for listening to the Shattered Order podcast. Happy gaming, and may the force be with you.